0: Welcome to the Westside Personalized Podcast, where real educators share their classroom-tested, learner-approved personalization practices. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and are able to find a few valuable takeaways from the podcast. And so without further ado, let's go to the pod. All right, the Westside Personalized Podcast is on the road again this week as we are in Adina, Minnesota, up here visiting our sister school, Adair Public Schools, and that means I got to have another visit with one of my two good friends in personalized learning, uh, the coaches up here. Uh, you listened to uh, Trisha Pettis' podcast uh, maybe a few months ago; uh, she was on the show and had an opportunity to share a little bit about just kind of her role as a personalized learning coach in their district and her sister today. Kayla Lou, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Excited to be here with you.
0: Oh, I'm so excited for us to get a chance to chat. So uh, I know we've been looking forward to this conversation for a couple of months um, and really just been talking what we might kind of topically get into a little bit. And so we're going to explore a little bit about goal setting and Reflection and really those pieces that come around supporting students' choice and and just delve into that I guess in practice a little bit. What does that look like in the classroom in supporting students and getting them started with being intentional <laughs> about right. the, the choices they're going to make? Before we dive into that though, let's get a little background, kind of your history and education, years you've been teaching, and what subjects and what you do now.
1: Sure, I just wrapped up my 15th year teaching. My entire career has been in Edina, Minnesota and I come from a long line of teachers, so it's in my blood is what I tell people. For 14 of those years, I taught ninth grade English, even, and we were in a middle school setting, mm-hmm. six through nine, so that was really interesting to teach a high school curriculum in a middle, middle, middle school setting. Yeah. Right, and this year is my first year teaching eighth grade, and also I'm a personalized learning coach in the building, so just working and collaborating with my colleagues to uh, think about what is best practice, and. How are we implementing it.
0: Gotcha. So. so what does that look like then in a typical day because you're, you're a teacher and you're a coach and yeah how, do, how are your hours sort of allocated to allow you to serve uh, your, your building in both those capacities.
1: Right so we're fortunate enough to be on a block schedule so every other day I've been able to either be in the classroom or be in the coaching role and that will continue into next year. So one day I have my in the trenches doing the work in the classroom teacher hat on and mm-hmm. then the next day I have my collaborator coach lens, and it's really nice to be able to have that divide.
0: Like it's got to be refreshing, too, to show up and like be able to step out of what you just did the day before and into the other, where the other path.
1: Absolutely, because as I'm working and collaborating with my colleagues, I'm also reflecting on what just happened in class the day before. Mm-hmm. So it really helps me help it be an equal playing uh, field for it with my colleagues, too. We're both doing the same work, so we're all mm-hmm. doing the same work and being in the trenches has really given me the opportunity to try new things too and breed innovation and swim in that world. With kids,
0: yeah, but it's not just about learning from these other people, but at the same time, you're then able to process that stuff and implement it tomorrow, right? Exactly, to, mm-hmm. which is great. And so, I know that uh, your sister is also in that same role. And right. so, is that kind of on/off for you guys? And one of is wearing the coach hat while the other one's teaching, and vice versa. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. So, if it's a teaching day for me, it's a coaching day for her.
0: And as you carpool in together, we drive
1: together. <laughs> we yes.
0: Talk about that for a quick minute. How are those? Um, are those reflective. It's are those? great.
1: It's just a constant little plc we have going together and we've always gotten along really well we have a lot of things that are similar but we're also different people and so i think we help each other Um, i think we inspire each other and challenge each other and push each other so the conversations to and from work are are always about work and um, it's just natural it just happens so, it's so awesome. And I love know, every time lucky. we get
0: a chance to hang out with you guys to uh, just hear how much you both love uh, personalized learning and are passionate about the work that we're getting a chance to collectively do. is is invigorating to me. It's exciting for me to be like, oh man, they, uh, get to hang out with the sisters, the, the Dinah sisters, you know. Oh, that's um, fun. The feelings me as well. And so, we're also looking forward to, to presenting uh, at Inacol here coming up. Um, yes. Kathy McClaskey, the author of Making Learning Personal, has reached out to us. So we submitted a proposal for October to present there and so I'm really looking forward to kind of combining our forces with Kathleen McClaskey and really getting a chance to share really where the work has gone for all of us with with personalized learning and in this capacity too. So the things we're talking about on here will certainly be something that we bring up as a choice portion of that session when we get to INA call later and so As we talked before the podcast, we were like, hey, what are we going to chat about for this one? And you were really interested in kind of goals and reflections. So tell me where your work is right now around that and to kind of set the stage for, I guess, our dialogue and and us exploring that a little bit more.
1: So we really prioritize putting the learner in the center and trying to really make the learning process as clear as possible and have them be an active role in that every single day. So for us, it's been really important to make sure they understand their due north every day. What is the goal? And are they reaching that goal? Some of the questions that we like to think about are, what do I want to know, understand and be able to do? How will I demonstrate that I've learned it? What will I do when I'm not learning? What will I do when I've already learned it? So not only are we having them reflect on the content and what they understand, but also on the process, the learning process. Mm -hmm. So we start with a goal every single day and the goal is related to the learning target for the day and then we have them reflect on their effort and their understanding and defend their effort score, understanding score so that we can partner with them in helping to understand where they are as learners and choices that they'll make going forward. The feedback is central, it's absolutely central.
0: I uh, I love that whole piece of it because I feel like with regards to personalized learning, and we have our differentiated levels, right? In terms of stage one, stage two, stage three, or level one is really just differentiation. So we want to promote that teachers, yes, make these choices available for students, but the whole idea, though, is not that personalization is the choice. Personalization is the learning, like you're talking about, uh, the reflective meta process that's around all of that, which is what we're really after is that learner agency. Uh, And so in order for that to happen, I think that as you're talking about, goal setting and constant reflection is important because you're trying to hone the, the process, the, um, the students' preferences and just a, acute awareness of what they're doing at any given time to try to achieve these goals that you're talking about. And I'm hearing in your comments there, too, that some of those are short-term, some of those are longer-term, some of those are maybe driven more by content and others by who I am as a person and what I want to get like skill-wise, kind of acquire from all this. Uh, and so in the midst of all of that mess <laughs> that I just kind of went through there... Um, how do you start to have these conversations with students who maybe have never talked about those in terms of just goal setting maybe to begin with?
1: Well, I think modeling is, is huge. And so when we first work with, because our, our course is a semester course. So when we're first starting out and introducing the unit guide, which focuses on pathways, proficiencies, and the learner profile, the three tenets of personalized learning that our school is really uh, focused on. The first part of the semester, we are providing the goals for them to model what is a goal and what could it look like? What might it say? What might you be tracking? And then, oh, well, and
0: I'll interrupt you too. Is that something that you give them sentence starters? Is it something that you give them like a list and then they sort of create their own? Like, because somebody listening in is going to go, How do I implement this stuff? What, what does that sort of look like in your process? Not that there's any one way to do it, but
1: right for us, we Actually, give them the full goal. And so the goal for the day might be to understand the role of ethical appeal in a persuasive speech. Okay. So that might be the goal for the day. Mm -hmm. And then they have a choice in how they're going to engage with the activities for the day, whether that's working collaboratively with others, participating in a teacher seminar, or uh, working independently. And and what is the
0: teacher seminar, too? The teacher seminar, you know,
1: it's interesting because as we evolve in the work, initially the teacher seminar felt more like the lecture-based. It's a small group, kids sitting around the teacher, and most of the information is coming from the teacher, very Mm -hmm. teacher-led. Our seminars have evolved into more coaching sessions. So the teacher is guiding the discussion, guiding the practice, and uh, the learners are responding and engaging and asking questions and help create the script as we go but the teacher is the one who is the central voice in that particular uh, pathway
0: Mm -hmm. so i got you a little bit off task there i guess without no that's okay so uh but but just for clarity's sake that's the whole i guess right yeah kind of like delvin said so you have those so we
1: give the goals uh at this and sometimes it's halfway through the semester sometimes it depends on the kids and Mm -hmm where they are and some kids will start writing their own goals three weeks in some depending on maybe the content or how comfortable they are or how well they know themselves as a learner do they want more of a challenge mm-hmm. than their good buddy who really needs the goal from the teachers still so and we have meetings and, and goal setting conversations with kids at the beginning of a new unit. And then just so that we can check in and see where they're at and what their needs are and is the goal does it seem like a good fit for a kid if they're choosing to do you know, their own goal but most kids go with the goal that we provide them okay and then second part of the semester we'll tell them okay here here's the uh, learning targets or the things that we'll focus on today write your own goal what mm-hmm. what do you want to strive for today what what do you think you need once they've That's had a chance
0: awesome. to kind of see some examples, the modeling is big. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Because
1: we tell people that reflection is a skill that needs to be taught, like reading and writing need to be taught. And for somebody who has a humanities background <laughs> yeah. and being an English teacher, it comes natural to me. But in my work as a personalized learning coach, I realized that everybody's not there. Mm-hmm. And even colleagues who like the idea of reflection aren't comfortable having kids reflect if it hasn't been a part of their practice. Sure. So it's twofold in our work. It's helping learners reflect in the classroom and understand what reflection is and uh, why it's a valuable skill and how it helps you make informed choices. And also working with our colleagues and thinking about how they're reflecting in their practice and how they're asking kids to reflect.
0: And That's awesome. I think that sort of meets... Uh, and we're in different systems, and, and I know that uh, you know we're all kind of built out of the honeycomb model uh, that originated with the uh, CISA group in Wisconsin, with the Institute for Personalized Learning that's up there, and we've selected different kind of look fors mm-hmm. or elements as we right. call them. But within that, for us, voice and choice uh, is a big piece, and I always advocate that I would love to see those two flipped and have it be choice and voice because to me, voice is the expression of maybe that reflection, right? I've been given the chance to experience something, these choices, and now I know that I need this or would like this or, or I'm curious about this next something. And I think reflection maybe is one of those types of voice opportunities as our system has come to like talk about it, but I'm hearing that as a consistency in yours, right? Does that sort of seem to fit Yeah, I like driving further choices?
1: I like that thought, absolutely, and, and switching the two terms around. For me, though, to me, it's just important to just name it, however you're mm-hmm. going to name the process whether it's choice and voice or voice and choice naming it for the learner naming right. it for your colleague because that's important to be able to attach to it yeah and
0: and, set, and it sets an expectation right that this is part of our this is part of this as an experience that we need to hear from you right right uh, and that's awesome that's awesome so then Okay, so earlier today I was fortunate enough to s- sit in on your presentation with your sister and you uh, were talking a little bit about having students gauge their own levels of understanding and effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so can you, that's a nuance, because in, in the model that I was able to put in, in my own classroom, whenever I was in in the classroom experience, We did, we had like smart goals and you wrote a goal for your particular like single day and reflected, but I never had that piece. And I really liked some of the insights that uh, you guys shared earlier today is what that sort of has brought for conversations uh, and reflection, like teacher collab, almost at stage two where you're you're starting to guide them towards becoming independent learners so delve into that a little bit
1: so our reflection is three part really because and we again this is you set up the parameters and the norms around and and you name the process of reflection and so we have a scale of one to four and we talk about what does a four look like what does a three so on and so forth with kids prior to having them showing them goals and modeling for them and having them reflect so For each particular day, they have a goal, a learning goal, and then they have an effort score where they rank themselves a one to four, Mm -hmm. and they have an understanding score, same, one to four, and then they have to defend it. So that's the three parts, the effort ranking, the understanding ranking, and then defending. And again, that can be on content or it can be on the skill behind the, the learning process itself. It could be a combination of both. And so depending on how they answer those questions or how they they rate themselves, that gives them an informed choice for maybe the next day. Mm -hmm. Are they going to participate in a different pathway because the first choice they made was too distracting, so on and so forth. And then at the end, when we're aiming for that summative, prior to, say, taking a test or presenting a project, they actually go back and look at the dates and they tally all of their effort scores and they tally all of their understanding scores and then... When we report out, I wish we were standards-based, we're not yet, so when mm-hmm. we report out what their letter grade would be, um, they can compare and see how high their effort score was and what the results were, so on and so forth. Sure. And when so, those
0: things are not congruent, which is really something that Trisha talked about in the presentation today a little bit, uh, explore that, I guess, like how that plays into the dialogue you then have.
1: You mean because we report on a numeric system and we're asking them? Where... Uh,
0: well, I, if I remember right, Trisha was saying today, so let's say that on the particular assignment, a student gets a C, but they said that right. their effort, you know, was, was a four okay. every day. So how does that right? play out with kids? Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. That, when that meets the conversation, then they're after what that kind of looks like.
1: Right. So after they then we assess their learning and report out on what their score is or against the standard where they landed. Um, Then we go back through and maybe setting new goals for the next unit or reflecting on the overall goal for the unit, not the daily Mm -hmm. goal, but the overall goal. We try to help kids see some alignment between if you gave yourself, for example, Trisha had a kid who gave himself all fours on effort every single day. Like I was just knocking out of the park every single day. And then the summative score or the final test turned out to be a C or a 70%. And so that conversation during a goal-setting period or whenever she found the time to connect with this individual was about where is the disconnect here Mm -hmm. and regardless of the score itself just the empowerment to think about was I really invested in thinking about my effort and what I actually was doing or was I just circling a score to be compliant and just check it off the list and now there's a disconnect and what is that and maybe that learner could have benefited from more teacher seminars or coaching sessions or even collaborating. Maybe that individual is working independently often and thinking about where was the need missed and how sure. can we address that need sooner going forward. Mm-hmm. So again, this is, and we have, there are a lot of uh, teachers or professionals in education who will say, I don't have time for reflection. My, my class is already cut down to 42 yeah. minutes. I, it, I just can't find the time. And I would argue, and Trisha, too, that you actually save time on the back end because now we've caught this gap sooner. Right. And we can address it sooner. And the same is on the flip side for kids who just kind of go through and they're fine. They're, they're doing well. They're not really challenging themselves. Maybe they scored low on effort and they knocked the summative out of the park. So then we have a conversation of, are you feeling challenged? Are there some extensions or enrichment opportunities that you need, not to create more work, but, but different work. So uh, it's really, like I said before, and I'll say it again, empowering. Mm-hmm. And gosh, I, I often think about when I'm with these kids and talking about their reflections, what an advantage they'll be at in the future. Because sure. I was clueless when I got to college about how I learned.
0: Exactly. Because this stuff transcends any sort of grade level or content-specific area. And, and I'm with you. I remember whenever I went to college and uh, there was a physics course that I took in particular that uh, I was struggling in. And it wasn't until I realized, oh, yeah, well, I'm a social learner. And so I'm going to have to, like, like organize study groups. And that's what I did. I ended up having to contact folks and text them and get them together and even order pizza sometimes for folks. Right. And wow, did I start to improve in, you know, getting ready for that class because, because I started to realize that if I wasn't having dialogue, I wasn't going to retain things. Right. Uh, and so that, um, but why, why wait until it's a $3,000 course and I'm 19 or 20, like when we could be doing this with five-year-olds and, and giving them an opportunity to thoroughly understand that all the way through and then actively leverage that. Is the other facet of this, right? It's not just that I know, but now I'm like going to be intentional, right, about school, exactly, and that just in and of itself is a win.
1: Or intentional about my career, sure, and this project that I'm on. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, it transcends well beyond just your classroom in that moment. And we're working with eighth graders, and you know, it it's incredible. I think we underestimate kids in general, absolutely, but. I think about if somebody were having this conversation with me as an eighth grader where could I have been mm-hmm. so uh, well and I
0: don't want to tread on an earlier podcast so you should go back and listen to this but if you're saying yeah, yeah, yeah these are eighth graders but I'm an elementary teacher and you just happen to be tuning in uh, there is an earlier podcast with Crystal Shirky where she goal sets uh, with kindergarteners in September all right so we're talking about first two months of education period for these kiddos uh, and it was just remarkable to see what she was able to do there does she have to like You have all the nuance that we're talking about? No. But I would strongly advocate for educators to get this conversation started, uh, to start to allow their students to have experiences that over time, from one class to the next and grade level to the next and, you know, all these little pieces. We talk about a sense of efficacy, that that's almost – efficacy are all the little bricks in the wall of agency. Right. (laughs) And and so try to do your part to give them that subtle sense of, hey, I I understand how this works, and I have a process by which I can take on challenges – Uh, and I understand that, and have faith. Yeah, by the time the K-12 experience is over, we're gonna have learners that are very capable of being self-guided and motivated and and want to experience success and know how to go about it.
1: Right, I mean, that is the prime time, I would say. I have a kindergartner, or my daughter just finished her (laughs) kindergarten year, and they are coming into their own and they want that identity. They're eager to be able to speak their voice and Mm -hmm. have some ownership in their life because everything else is so micromanaged you know their bedtime routine their meal routine so to sit down and empower them as learners is really moving i look forward Mm -hmm. to listening to that podcast
0: oh and i'll tell you the other piece of that too that made me think in a secondary context they were so focused on celebrating the successes when students met their goals that i felt guilty in my own practices that i didn't focus on that piece more too like what does it look like to then start to champion once you do reach that now does that mean that we're gonna like all huddle up and do the clap thing like they do in kindergarten probably not i mean maybe high school kids can kind of, you know have a good time with elementary type uh practices but uh but but i do think that just showing that enthusiasm behind it too is also something to consider as you're trying to build something like this out
1: well yeah i think you validate and you can validate kids and affirm that in subtle ways even if it's a conversation of look what you were able to do without a packet way to go or I read your reflection. I'm really proud of you for understanding that you want to get out of your comfort zone and collaborate instead of staying, you know, in your shell of working mm-hmm. independently. And there are little ways to that's an interesting thing to think about. I'm thinking of a future blog yeah. down the road here about how are you celebrating their milestones and right. reaching their goals? And I think the more subtle and Real time, it could be the the more impactful it will be as well. So now you have my head, <laughs> I have my wheels turning, which is why well, I love working with you and, and collaborating.
0: This, this is the point of the podcast too, right? Is right. That we're sharing ideas, and we're trying to reach across grade levels and lines because we're all doing the same work. Uh, and so I love being in this role uh, and having great conversations like we're having right now because. Any and everyone can kind of learn from just those insights. And so um, with that being said, I'm going to ask you a closing question here then. Okay. Um, And I do this with most of the podcasts, but uh, if you had some advice that you would like to give to someone that's going, hey, you know, this all sounds great. This whole goal setting and reflection and it's going to take a little bit more work, but I'm with you. I think in the long run, this is going to really just make the whole experience uh, uh, richer and just more fulfilling experience for me and my students. But uh, I'm still apprehensive. How would you move that person potentially off the fence and into getting started
1: well I think it's important it I love the phrase that it takes a village and to reach out to a job alike or a colleague who inspires you and has their the agency to help you along and to say hey I'm ready to start this Mm -hmm. what can I do to find your entry point I guess that would be my find your entry point and it's okay and maybe it's a one reflection of an entire unit it's one day where you're reflecting but you're you're building to it I mean we didn't just jump right to this effort or goal effort understanding reflect or defend it took us we evolved to that Mm -hmm. and so I think give yourself permission to find your entry point and just take it one one day at a time one unit at a time one lesson at a time one one kid at a time but I think we owe it to kids to help name those, the learning process and give them a way to express where they are in all of it. Yeah. So.
0: No, absolutely. And I, as you're talking, you know, like where does this stuff live? I even like that idea of, I mean, this is a goal that's set as bell work. It could be that simple. You know, I don't have time to do all this stuff. It, it could be before the bell even rings right. that they've set that goal. And I, I like the thought too, as you were just talking about reflection there, it made me think that it could be it could be something that you start to even differentiate and um, that is sort of starting small too or you say okay at some point during your learning today take a picture and tomorrow do the same or record a little video And at the end of the week just give them five minutes to like use something like apple clips and just say hey tell me how you're you know what went down this week? And after you've watched enough of those videos or, or kind of seen their their insights, maybe your system looks different from what we're talking about here on the podcast. But at least you'll start to, like you said, create language around that and intentionality. Uh, and so I love it. Yeah, love that's that the key. That's
1: the key. Intentionality for sure for the kids and and um, for life and for life. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, this work. This is just it's just it's great work. And I think that education. We're just so lucky mm-hmm. to be in this world and have this mutual inspiration with our learners. They're just, you know, it's, I talk to people who are not teachers, they're doing other great things for our society, but um, often in, in times where they're feeling maybe down or in despair about something, I am grateful for this career where I am given hope and inspiration by the kids who come in our walls every single day. And so this reflection piece is just another way to honor that and not take it for granted and um, just create more empowerment.
0: Gosh, and your learners are mm-hmm. so lucky to have you. I want to be in your class. Oh, that's how that. I feel about you too. It's, that's it's the mutual. The oh, we that's up. the note I'd love yeah. to, to see things end on. So uh, fantastic. Thanks for being on the podcast today, and I'm yeah. sure we'll have to have you back soon.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: Well, that's a wrap on another great episode. For more information or to contact us directly, you can email our team at personalized.learning at westside66.net. As always, thanks for tuning in and learning from the West Side Personalized Podcast.